Welcome to Served Neat, hosted by your girl, Jen Hartman. I'm the CEO of Neat, a boutique PR and marketing agency based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I launched Neat in 2019 with just $3,000 in my bank account. Since then, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of emerging brands and Fortune 500 empires. I believe that marketing and PR should be served neat, just like your favorite bourbon. On this podcast, you'll hear about the latest and greatest growth strategies, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Pour yourself a glass of your favorite bourbon because it's time to dive in to this week's episode. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Serve Neat. Today, you'll get to hear from my friend, Catherine. Catherine is a Louisville-based creative agency owner, and funny enough, she only lives a few minutes down the road from me. She has over a decade of experience elevating businesses with luxury branding. She's a founder and creative director for an award-winning boutique branding and website agency, Creme Brands. Since founding Creme in 2013, she has designed for over 100 clients across the country, including New York Times and USA Today bestselling authors. Her work has been featured in print magazines like White Space Magazine and Cottage Hill Magazine. She's spoken on branding at events across the country and has also been interviewed on TV stations like WLKY and multiple podcasts about business and marketing. Catherine takes an artisanal approach to award-winning branding and starts with original pencil sketches for a brand you'll truly own. Throughout today's conversation, you'll hear Catherine share exactly how her business has evolved over the last decade, how to tell if it's time for a rebrand, what you should know about working with a creative agency, and last but not least, her secret on how she's achieved a 91% approval rate on all local designs on the first round with zero changes, which is crazy. So whether you're a product-based business owner or a service provider, you are going to get so much out of this episode. All right, let's dive in. I figured we could kind of start with your journey as an entrepreneur and then go into more of the branding and creative stuff from there, because I know you have a lot of advice to share with that. So you've been around for 10 years, correct? Yeah, I started my business in 2013. That's wild. And a majority of my friends in business are in year one, two, or three. And unfortunately, with the statistics, a lot of business owners do not make it past. I think year five is when most business owners just kind of shut down. So first off, congrats to you. You're amazing. I totally look up to you. And number two, how have things evolved for you over the last 10 years? Well, I really took my business from a solopreneur model to a boutique agency. So I was wearing all the hats. I would say for the majority of those years, I would say years one to seven, I would work with some contractors here and there, but I was the one inputting keywords on images. I was doing the development, the coding for websites, the whole shebang to now we have a team and people each have roles on projects. Dang, that's pretty cool. So your team has grown a lot. You've grown a lot, I'm sure, as a founder as well. I want to touch on something that might be a little bit more touchy. And if you don't want to go here, that's okay as well. There's this thing that all entrepreneurs tend to struggle with, and that's mental health, imposter syndrome, struggling with confidence. How has that been for you? Have you had any run-ins with mental health issues, lacking confidence, imposter syndrome, anything like that? that you'd be willing to share? Oh, there's been so many ups and downs in business. And I think that what we spend our days doing absolutely affects 
how we feel in our lives. You can't just separate work from how you're feeling as an individual human. And there have definitely been some scary moments over the last 10 years of if there's a dip in revenue or dealing with a hard client. And I think the challenge of having your own business is you feel the weight on your shoulders. You don't have someone to tell you exactly what you should do in that situation. Yeah, you can seek out advice, but at the end of the day, no one else is on the line for how it will end up going except for you. And that's become crushing at times for sure. I've really had to learn that it's so important for me to take time for myself. So I actually have several parts of my morning routine that have really helped me just find more balance and find more groundedness or, you know, staying centered no matter what might be going on around me. So practices like gratitude journaling, I try to do that at least a couple mornings a week, doing a workout, getting outside, getting sunshine, talking to other entrepreneurs, or even practicing affirmations. So I've written out different affirmations for myself as a business owner, and I recorded them on my phone and I play them back to myself. All of those things have been huge for me in terms of headspace because the challenges are going to come. It's not a question of if it's when. And so for me to really just be able to keep perspective through those things has been so important and it's hard. There's days like yesterday, even I felt, oh my goodness, nothing's going well. I'm not going to hit my goal. I'm discouraged. This is difficult, but I really had to pull myself out of that and say, well, what's the small, messy progress I can make today? Oh, I like that. And you touched on so many different points that I would to just kind of pull apart and dive into a little bit further. The first one is feeling this responsibility of your business success and failures. Even if you have a team as a leader, you still feel it's on me. I have to figure this out. I have a salesperson, but when our sales dip, I'm the one who feels so responsible. Being responsible for other humans and their income is the craziest feeling ever. It feels very very rewarding, but also very, very scary. And I don't think I have learned how to quite deal with that yet. Do you have any advice for me? It's so hard. I think for me, definitely keeping money saved in the business has been a huge practical step, especially as we're heading into some uncertain times with recession. And a lot of people are going to be getting laid off. I do think competition might actually increase in the small business space as a result of that in the future. So for me, that's been something that's been very important is keeping that six months cash on hand versus saying, oh, look at this profit. I'm going to get taxed on it anyways. Let me just pay that to myself. So as a result, I do have a huge tax bill. Yay. But also that's business growth and business challenges. So that's one practical step. I would say from just a mental health wellness step, really making sure that you're looking at facts and feelings. I think feelings are really good information. And so I wouldn't say you should ignore the fact that it feels scary and overwhelming, but actually say, all right, I feel this, I feel this, really list it out and give that space, acknowledge it. And then also look at the facts of how much does this position actually cost? Am I going to monitor the scope of a project? Am I going to set kind of a cap for this different contracts we're signing? So that way this isn't going way over the profit margin that's projected for this project. So when you understand things like margins in your business and you understand things like scope and you regularly have people time track, it really helps because all that is information that then you can line up those facts next to your feelings 
and feel confident that yes, this is scary and this is wise. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was really good advice. And this is something we, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but something that we just started to dive into more in the past, probably three months than we have in the past couple of years, really figuring out how much time we're spending on each project, what the margins look like, what our cap is for projects and all the things. So yeah, that has definitely been helpful for sure. But recently I'm like, oh my God, our team is growing so much. We're sending out a full-time job offer. We're looking for another full-time and I'm like, this is so scary. (laughs) I bet you guys are growing like gangbusters. That's amazing. Yeah. The past month has been insane. And what's so funny, because I know we met for coffee a couple weeks ago and I was like, dang, January was so slow for us. Painfully slow. And it had me just rethinking my entire life, but it happens every single January for us where January is just very, very slow. And then February we pick up again, but it's like zero to 100 real quick every single January to February, but it's exciting. I'm over here like, oh my God, I'm so scared. But at the same time, I can't complain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I think it's so helpful having those conversations with people where you realize, oh, I'm not the only one, because that's one of the most powerful things with fear is the power we give fear where it's, we think, oh, I'm the only one that's experiencing this. And I have a lot of business friends as well who had really slow Januaries and it's reassuring to know that things ebb and flow. And then even like, you can look at your own normal cash forecasts and flow. I know I always compare this year, this month versus last year. And that's always reassuring as well to remind myself, oh yeah, things definitely come in waves. And that's just kind of the nature of small business. Yeah. It's just what you sign up for. And I think a lot of people get carried away looking at Instagram. Like if you look at Instagram and you see people talk about business, they're like, my business has grown 5,000% year over year. And I'm making 20,000 bajillion dollars every single month. Like it can feel like you're so far behind. Do you ever deal with that where you're sitting there comparing yourself to other founders or is that just like a me thing? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I absolutely do. And It's something I think I've become more aware of, but I absolutely still fall into it. And for me, it's not one of those things that I think is realistic for me to say, oh, there's going to come a point in time where I'm going to stop doing that. For me, it's more, can I shorten the time from when I fall into that to when I you know, realize that's happening and acknowledge it and then like shift out of it. So, but I feel like that's a weekly occurrence at least. And some weeks it feels like just there can be this heaviness of I'm not doing enough. Am I enough as an individual? And I think one thing I really, really aspire to is to grow into this future version of myself where she's confident that she is doing enough and she is enough because I feel like so much of my stress and anxiety stems from those two questions. And so looking at who is she and how does she have this sense of confidence that, okay, I'm not perfect. Not everyone likes me. Some people really dislike me. A lot of people might judge the choices that that future me has made and is making, Mm -hmm. but She's confident in knowing that she's doing enough. And that's something I want to figure out how to bring into my life today of knowing that I can't do everything all at once. I'm finite. I'm very imperfect. But what are the things I can do today to move the needle forward? And can I let that be enough? That's the question. Oh, yes. Okay. Wow. I love all of this. I feel like I'm in like a life coaching session right now. And it just feels so good. This was a good way to start off my day. 
Let's go ahead and shift a little bit. This is something you had mentioned in your email to me and it really caught my attention. So lots of us agency owners struggle with the back and forth and back and forth and just getting stuck in that feedback loop and revisions with clients, which takes up a ton of time, resources, so on and so forth. But somehow you have managed to achieve a 91% approval rate on logo designs on the first round with zero changes. How the heck are you doing this? Please share. Oh man. So it wasn't always like this. So rewind to the first, I would say five years of my business. I was in this place of constant back and forth with clients and having a lot of stress and putting a lot of pressure on myself to really wow clients, blow them away. And then when that wasn't happening, first of all, I took it really personal. Second of all, it was killing my profit margins. And I think there was a lot of work I could have taken on those first five years if I had really addressed my process more to figure out how to solve this problem. But instead I was like, well, this is just what it is. And what I do is highly subjective and there's no way to make sure we have really consistent approval rates. So I just kind of accepted it as well. This is a little bit miserable, but I love what I'm doing. So I'll just, I'll just say this is fine and deal with it. But the problem is, is that definitely had a lot of limiting factors to my business. I don't feel like I could have grown a team back then because I hadn't really figured out how to do this myself. And then if I had started outsourcing and paying other designers, I mean, profit margins would have been an even bigger problem at that point. I probably would have been losing money on things. So I made a couple of huge changes that I think have all contributed to this. Last year, we did 25 custom brand designs. And out of those, 24 were approved with zero changes. And I think a lot of it is how we're presenting the work. So in years past, I would throw out, okay, here's what I'm thinking to the client. Here's a black and white logo. Here's like maybe three or four options. Because I always figured I want to show them that I've thought about, you know, these options that I'm not just like throwing something together and sending it to them. And then what would happen is we would try to kind of like tinker things together into something that just really didn't work. So kind of like Frankensteining the concept and to the detriment of the client and the actual, you know, strength of the logo. But then also I wasn't telling them anything about why they should go with that option. It was black and white. There was no context. It was really hard for a client to imagine, well, what's that actually going to do for my business? They're not a mind reader. And what I realized is I was really putting my clients in the position of having to kind of blindly trust and read my mind, because while I might have a vision and I might really understand why something is a great solution for them and it's going to work well for them, if I'm not communicating that, then they're going to have no idea. So I was really only selling to our clients before they signed a contract. And after that, I really wasn't selling them anymore. But what I shifted into was selling the actual work to our clients. So we now have a presentation that we send every single client. It's about 20 to 30 pages and it shows the whole logo and branding system in context. So on beautiful mock-ups, they can imagine what this is going to do for their business. And then I also film a video recording where I explain the symbolism of the logo. I explain my creative process and I explain why this is my number one recommendation for them. So I actually only send them my top recommendation that I 1000% believe in. I no longer send them anything that I don't think that they should move forward with, which when I was sending three or four options, of course, there were going to be at least, you know, two or three that I weren't as strong as one of them, right? 
So this has really changed everything where I'm selling, I'm showing, and I'm solving a problem for our clients and they love it because then they don't have to guess what I'm thinking this will look like on their website. We actually show them the whole custom website right when we send the logo as well. Oh my gosh. There's so much gold in here. So one thing that I really liked that you pointed out was the fact that you continue to sell your clients on different ideas. It's not like you're just selling before the sales call, before they sign the contract, you continue to sell and sell and sell, which is great. And I also hear that you do quite a bit of education around what you're doing, which I think that's amazing because I hear so many people working with agencies, whether it's a creative agency, a marketing agency, and they walk away at the end of the engagement and they feel like they didn't learn anything Mm -hmm. and they're not really empowered to take what they experienced and do it themselves or bring it to another agency. They just feel very lost. And then they walk away and they feel like they had a bad experience. So the fact that you're including so much education throughout the process, I think is so, so key. Well, ultimately people are never buying what you do. They're buying why, and they're buying a result. And so really, I just took those basic sales principles and applied them to my creative process. And now every single service deliverables we send, I'm telling them why it works for them. And I'm showing them a result or a transformation that's going to really affect every single touch point of their business, because I'm showing them, here's what we could do on a billboard for you. Have you thought about positioning your business this way. Here's what the branding looks like on that. And people get really, really excited. And then of course I show them the why and the symbolism and all that stuff I love to nerd out about, but ultimately your clients are working with you for a transformation. So make sure you're really showing them how this is going to shift multiple aspects of their business, because the reality is our clients probably don't care about fonts and letter spacing and vectors and all this nerdy stuff I do, right? That's not what they're buying from us no matter how good we are at that, they're really buying how this is going to shift and create change for their business. Yes. That's so cool. I love how you bring the brand to life in how you're presenting it to clients. Are there ever opportunities to upsell when clients see this 20 or 30 page packet and they see this video of you explaining things? Is there an opportunity for them to be, oh yeah, Catherine, I would have come back to you and have you design that billboard. Or you know what I mean? Are there opportunities to continue working with you after that point? Yeah. So one of the best things I did in my business the first few years was I adopted a credit system because I really believe that every business has different needs and different goals and different methods to achieve those goals as well. So I didn't feel comfortable selling a set package where, okay, you get a logo, you get a business card, you get a website with two pages. That's not going to work for a business. So I have a credit system. So every time someone invests with us, they get two credits, they can allocate towards anything they want. And a lot of times after they see the design presentation, they definitely have ideas and then they can add on more credits as well. So each credit is $250 value. And then I have a, a menu of a breakdown of what different items are worth for add-ons. So it makes it really easy for them to kind of custom make exactly what they need for their business while also reducing the administrative back and forth and quoting and explaining to a client. It really allows them to be empowered and in the driver's seat for their own project and say, this is what I need. This is what I want. You had, you showed me this initial mock-up. Let's actually do it for real. Ooh, I love all of this. This is great. So many gold nuggets. Okay. We're going to head in a different direction. How do you know it's time for a rebrand? So is your current branding and website driving you towards your business goals or away from them? 
what I find a lot of times is a business will outgrow something that may have served them just fine on years one to two, one to three. And the thing is business schools will continue to elevate. And as a business is up leveling, the brand and website really needs to align. Otherwise you're doing yourself a huge disservice because people ultimately are going to form a really powerful first impression about what you're capable of. And it doesn't matter how good a quality or process you're delivering. If you're a service provider, or if you're selling a product and you're selling something super high end and quality, if you're framing that up in a way that it comes off as amateur and expensive, rushed and afterthought, then that's actually going to shift perception around the very thing you're selling. And so it's so important that you align your visuals to your business goals. So you might've started your business off with a goal of, I want to hit six figures. That's a very common goal. And I think all these things are arbitrary. And I know Jen and I have kind of laughed about some of the numbers that are really common in the online space that people just talk about, you know, they talk them into the ground. But anyways, whatever your business goal was, when you started, I'm going to guess that that's not going to stay static. So maybe you're booking a certain type of client or a customer just as your boots on the ground, trying to get the word out there. But after you've been in business a little while, you're probably going to grow your business in multiple ways, including growing the type of customer you're trying to attract. And so you want to make sure you're aligning to that ideal customer that is going to be the ideal customer in the next five to 10 years versus who it was in year one when you just started. That makes a lot of sense. I was just curious because I mean, in the online space specifically, I see people who rebrand every six months and I'm like, do they need to? Are they doing this for a reason? So it was good to hear your opinion on that one. Okay. I want to talk about money specifically. What is the real cost of working with a creative agency? Even if you could just give some ranges, I think that would be so helpful. Well, first of all, I would say there's a cost to rebrand and redo your website. And there's a cost not to. So a lot of times people focus on the former of what is the sticker price to do a rebrand, build out a new website, add in new sales pages. But what they're ignoring is the cost of lost opportunities, the cost of lost SEO, the cost of lost sales, lost conversions, lost list signups, so many things. And so I would challenge you to look at both. So in terms of your business, looking at, okay, how much revenue are we forecasting the next five years? And realizing that branding especially is a very foundational investment. So it's a little bit different than some other investments where you might see ROI for a fixed period of time. You might sign a contract with a social agency and see a spike in engagement for the months that you're working with them, but it doesn't necessarily have ROI afterwards. Whereas something like branding is actually going to affect so many subsequent marketing decisions. If you're going to invest later in PR, guess what? That money you spent on your branding and website, I hope it was worth your while because all those eyeballs, that's what they're going to be seeing. As you pay to get more eyeballs on your business, you want to make sure that what people are seeing is actually powerful and is ultimately going to convert. So that said, I would say branding and website could be anywhere from 5,000 to 100,000. And it really is such a large range. It depends what kind of agency you work with. If you work with an agency that has a team, 100 full-time employees, 
obviously the price point for that is going to be a lot different than if you work with a solopreneur who's going to sit down and knock out your brand and site, maybe not with as much advanced technical support or specialist support, but they can knock it out and do something really nice for you in a week or two, if that's more the process you're going for. We're kind of in the middle of that, where we do have different specialists all coming together. We always work with bringing in a custom developer to your project, an SEO specialist, professional UX designer, as well as myself as creative director and lead designer. And then we have a couple other designers as well. So it really depends on kind of where you're at revenue wise and what you're forecasting in the future as well, because you don't want to just do something cheap just to get by, but then end up paying for it later, which you were definitely hitting on that, Jen. It's a pet peeve of mine that people rebrand every six months or every year. That's actually a really poor investment of funds and ends up costing more than if someone were to do it right the first time. Yeah. Ultimately, if you're rebranding every six months, it becomes really confusing to your audience. Like I think people are, is she having an identity crisis? What's going on? <laughs> so I think that it definitely pays to be a bit thoughtful when it comes to rebranding and a bit more strategic for sure. You brought up a lot of good points as you always do. I like that you gave ranges. I think that was really helpful because I think that there's a lot of people out there who just, who don't know what to set aside for branding. And the point that you brought up about what is it costing you to not do your branding or to have it professionally done? There's a lot of people who will go into Canva and whip something up, but that doesn't look as good as having someone who has years and years of industry experience come in and do it for you. And having really nice professional branding and a professional website, that goes such a long way, especially if you are working with bigger brands, right? Like if you're a service provider, and you're going after those Fortune 500 brands, they're going to care about what your website looks like at the end of the day. So it has to look good. That's actually one of the reasons why we rebranded last year. Or no, wait, sorry, two years ago, because we were going after bigger and bigger clients and we knew that they were going to be checking out our website. So we wanted everything to look really professional and it's made a massive difference. We get compliments on our website literally all the time. So it was a good investment for us. But what's really hard, I think with branding and even with PR as well, is it's tough to track ROI from branding. You know what I mean? It's how do you track that? Like when people are like, oh, what's the ROI in this investment or what have other clients of yours seen? How do you answer that question or do you not answer it? I think it's something that you can't actually track. You can track it in a qualitative way for sure, right? You can track your clients' testimonials, people saying things like, I feel so much more confident. Even getting on a sales call after rebranding, I feel, I know I'm sending them to a website I'm proud of. They've looked at our work. I feel like I can say our prices in a more confident way. I hear that all the time from our clients, but yeah, it would be really hard to figure out a way to turn that into robust data. That said, definitely, I would say most of our clients raise their prices after they do a rebrand and website. So a lot of times, even a small percentage increase to their prices after that investment, they recoup that really quickly. I would say within six months to a year. So it's not just a cost. It is an investment to very different things in business. You know, there's things I pay for in my business all the time that I just have to spend that money. And I don't necessarily know I'm definitely going to make that money back and then some. So there's a lot of things in business. I would challenge you if you're thinking about it that way to look at what you're actually spending on, because there's going to be a lot of things without a direct or trackable ROI. But we did survey our clients a couple of years ago and 82% of our clients actually raised their prices after working with us. So I would say that's pretty compelling 
feeling. And then also just looking at the shifts we see with how people are showing up more consistently in their marketing efforts, in social media, in sales. It really does trickle into so many different aspects of running a business. And once you have a complete toolbox that you feel really confident about using, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of, oh my goodness, what do I put in my newsletter funnel that I know for years I've procrastinated on setting up? When you have a whole toolbox, those decisions, a lot of them are already made for you and you can focus on the actual content or on the actual pitching. Yes. Yes. And you also mentioned something previously about how, well, if you're going to do PR, you need a beautiful website for people to come back to. And that is so true. That's something that we always look for when we work with clients. We really like to see our clients have a nice, cohesive, beautiful on-brand website because we know that PR just amplifies what they have going on. So if they have a website where the buttons aren't working and the branding doesn't match and things are just all over the place, we're putting that in front of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And ultimately we do our clients a disservice. So that is something we do look for. So I'm glad you brought that up. That was great. One last question I have for you, because I feel like not a lot of people talk about this. What should you be prepared for before working with a creative agency? Oh, that's a great question. What should you be prepared for? Do you mean in terms of assets you've gathered or exercises you've gone through, revenue, or what do you mean by that? You can take this in any direction you want to. I mean, you still hop on sales calls, right? Yeah. I feel like you probably have a good idea when you hop on a sales call of, okay, in order to move forward, I'm really looking for X, Y, and Z from this brand. Like I'd really like them to have this before we sign a contract, whether it's revenue, whether it's they're confident in who they are and who they serve and they're confident in their product. What are you looking for? What do you wish people knew before signing that contract? I really look for someone that's ready. And so I ask a lot of questions around how many sales are you making? What's the average of those sales? Where are you trying to get to in the next couple of years? I want to see someone that is actually going to put the work into getting their brand out there. So that way they can see the best results possible after working with us. I don't want to work with someone who doesn't really have any strong business goals. There's not really a lot of momentum. They're just kind of wanting to stay at the status quo, in my mind, it wouldn't really be a good fit because everything we do is about elevating people to their next level. So I want to see that they have a clearly defined vision and business model, and they're working on assembling those sorts of things. I can't give someone their business model. I'm not a business coach. I can't go in and say, oh, you really need to do this offer and the offer should contain this and you need this team and you need this consultant to support you in that. I really need to work with people who on their end, they're in process of growth and now they're really ready to make everything align. So that way, when all the pieces come together, it's going to be in a really compelling way for their product or their service. Yep. So y'all, if you're thinking about working with a creative agency, have a vision for where you're wanting to go. That makes such a big difference because once you, you as the creative director, once you know their vision, you can start to work backwards on their branding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Because then if they have an overarching vision, we can look at, well, who's the customer you're trying to sell to? Okay. Let me design for that specific customer. Sometimes it's a couple different archetypes they have in mind, but really everything I do starts with understanding 
being the business owner and then translating that into the visuals from there. Yeah. Ooh, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Ooh, I guess just don't give up as a business owner. I do think it's really challenging and difficult and keeping your eyes on your own purpose and why you started your business in the first place and why you're ultimately wanting to build it and grow it. That's what's going to give you the confidence to keep going instead of looking to the right or to the left and trying to find the answers on social media, but instead just really getting in touch with your purpose, I think is so important. Yeah. I like that. And I like, don't give up. I think a lot of people give up too soon when they encounter that first challenge, they go, oh gosh, like entrepreneurship is just, it's not for me. This isn't working for me. But I believe that if you are really resilient and you are capable of facing challenges head on, you are going to grow your business. I think if you stick with it long enough, you will get there. And I think that you're proof of that. Like you've been in business for 10 years and I'm sure you faced so many challenges along the way. You're still here. But yeah, I think too many people give up too soon. Mm, Absolutely. That was good. Okay. So where can people find out more about you? Yeah, I would love to connect with you. You can find me on crembrands.com. Our Instagram is at crembrands. I also just joined TikTok and I'm also on LinkedIn. So would love to connect with you on whichever of those is your favorite. Send me a message and would love to hear how you're using those platforms as well. Awesome. Thanks, Catherine. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Served Need. I hope you enjoyed listening and found some tasty nuggets of marketing wisdom to help you take your brand to the next level. Remember, just like a perfectly crafted cocktail, marketing is all about finding the right balance and serving it up with a splash of creativity. So keep building, keep refining, and keep serving up your brand with style. And if you're thirsty for more insights, be sure to subscribe and join us for our next episode of Served Need. Until then, cheers.